Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and welcome to Popcorn where we tell you what's popping in the culture. And my guest today, Dan Stevens, well he's just popping everywhere. You know, you can see him on FX and Legion where we'll get into what he's playing there. And then you can see him later on in Beauty and the Beast. He's not playing Beauty, so figure out what part he is playing. <laughs> So, you're everywhere, Dan Stevens. Thank you. Yeah, it's busy. What's happened to you? What's happened? You just keep working. Yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that all right? It's okay. No, okay. It's, it's a good thing. Good. No, but I, I think, think so. it could be a little crazy because in Legion, and I'm going to leave that to you. Yeah. But this David Haller coming out of the Marvel world and the X-Men world in ways... Mm, I, I can't. I can't. I can't, can't do even it. Find the words to describe it. So I'm it. leaving no, I, it to you to I've take got to find the words there. to describe it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it certainly uh, it, it draws on the comic book tradition uh, of a very kind of playful and strange universe, but it, it comes at it from a very different kind of angle. And the you know the, the central character is a guy who's been told he's paranoid, schizophrenic his whole life, and is certainly exhibiting a lot of these symptoms and there's lots of strange things happening to him which he doesn't understand and he's he's diagnosed as one thing institutionalized you know pretty much his whole adult life and then a group of people come in and tell him something radically different and you know his whole reality is challenged and as viewers we're invited to kind of almost inside his head really but it is it's a very it's a character that in the first three episodes that I've seen mm. I don't hear much about the X-Men. No, you don't need to, really. I mean, you can know that it takes place vaguely in that universe or not. It, 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 that's not really material to what, we, what we're getting at. Um, there's definitely little hints and tie-ins here and there, and um, I don't think it's a secret that you know, he, is, he is the sort of lost son of Professor X, who's you know, the, the Patrick Stewart, James mm -hmm. McAvoy character from the X-Men stories. Um, you know, and is therefore a very, very powerful mutant. But we get to that. That's not really... We get to that. That's not our starting point. I still point. have that ahead yeah, for me you know, where you, I'm you seeing You can it. know that or not know that. And I think the, the show will still take you on, a, on a, a pretty fun ride, I think. I bring up the name Noah Hawley, who is doing this, because this is a guy who has approached this material in a think from another angle. Totally. <laughs> and yeah. we're imagining it. Yeah, and why not? You know, he's uh, he's he's reimagined a, a genre almost, and and you know, to fit the the kind of character that it is, um, you know, and it's a show that plays with memory and our and our perception of memory, the stories that we we tell ourselves, and identity being that essentially, the, mm -hmm. you know, the stories that we tell ourselves, and if those stories are suddenly radically changed, who does that make us? And you know. Are we still kind of the person that we were told we were? Yeah, I felt when I watched it that I wasn't the person that sat down to watch it. Well, that's good. I thought, yes, if it we was, can well, chemically alter you on some my level. My wife doesn't like it, but she's. <laughs> the it's thing like you've is, changed. Is, yeah, what, have you've you, changed. what have you really done? But to yeah. be diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic and then to have someone say to you, well, you know, you're pretty messed up, but it's not from that. Right. And he's still you, messed up. Yeah. I mean, he still feels all these things. He still sees and hears and, 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 you know, is experiencing things on a very strange level. So the alternative explanation is not, not very helpful at first. It's just weird. Mm -hmm. And there's but it a, makes you, know, you a mutant. It makes you somebody who... Somebody different. Oh, know. the good news is you're yeah. not schizophrenic, right. but you're a mutant. The bad news can, is... You're all-powerful. All-powerful. You <laughs> um, can move things around. Yeah, and throw on top of that, you're also in love, which is a madness that we all 
can experience at some time. And I think if you throw, you know, you layer that on top of a guy who's already experiencing some quite strange things going on in his life, you know, how, how, what does that feel? What does that look like? You know, this, this, this guy in love and, and how does she then react to him in all his different you know, manifestations? And well, you're in love with a woman who can't be touched. Exactly. Which I think is another challenge. Right. It's a, it's a great <laughs> obstruction, you know. Um, and as actors, we had, a, we had great fun, you know, playing, playing out a relationship where, where that is one of the conditions. It's like, okay, you guys are madly passionately in love, but you can never touch, or certainly at the beginning of our story, you can't touch. How does that You how does just that didn't get this on Downton Abbey. No, there's it's a lot just of touching <laughs> on Downton. A lot of covert the touching. Covert touching is always under the, the best. Under the table, mm-hmm, under the yeah, doilies. It's like, what's <laughs> happening now? I don't know. But what's the thing that got you to do it? Besides Noah Hawley, who did, you mentioned uh, Fargo season two for Rachel, but the fact is he did both of those. That was another shows where uh, somebody like me, who's a big fan of the Coen Brothers movie, said, why you can't do that? What are you doing? And yeah. then we all went, "Whoa, you did it!" Right? Yeah. I, think, I mean, that was a big that was a big draw of those of those early Fargo episodes. Was really, I think, a lot of Fargo fans going, "Come on, what do, what do you got?" You know. <laughs> and yeah, sure enough, he delivered something very fresh, unusual, just so engaging, and you know, incredibly well cast. Just a, you know, really interesting array of actors uh, at the top of their game, really. And um, he's good at that. He's good at just bringing together a very interesting bunch of people. So. You know, he, I'd read some of his books, and I knew he was a very, very interesting man. Um, his first book, Conspiracy of Tall Men, is, is a fascinating <laughs> read, and it's, you know, a lot to do with, with paranoia and conspiracy theories and, uh, you know, things that I think, you know, a lot of people are interested in, even if they don't believe them. There's, you know, the, it, it's very fertile ground for, for storytelling. And then, on top of that, he, he pitched me this Legion idea, which was, I mean, literally insane. Uh, but he said it's going to be beautiful. It's uh, going to be you know, beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. That's it, Dan. Gonna, listen to me. It's going to be weird. Listen to me, baby. Like, okay. This is the way it's, it's like, going to be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I thought, well, that's, that sounds good. Weird and beautiful, unique, you know, all of these things. I was like, yeah. And um, no, I implicitly trust a man like Noah. He's got a very kind of impish sense of humor. And uh, he, wants to, he wants to play with, with the audience. You know, he wants to play with his actors, first of all. Mm-hmm. You know, and on set, he's very. You know, he's, he can be a real tease with the amount of information he gives you, which can drive you crazy, I which think is it what would. he wants. And, well, uh, which would be great for you. Right? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> year is this? He's like, it doesn't matter. He's like, really? Okay. Because um, I didn't know. Sometimes I thought it was the 60s, matter. and then it was some other time. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there are visual touchstones. There's, you know, there's definitely, you know, in a show that deals a lot with, with memory, I guess it, you know, it, it plays with our nostalgia a little bit. So there's certain sets and certain environments that you find them in and, and, and it looks kind of like your grandma's house or it has a certain kind of feel and you're like, oh, I know, I know where this is. I know what year this is, kind of. Grandma's house. And then something, <laughs> right, you know, something will come in or somebody produces something like an iPad-y type thing or, and, uh, and you're, you're thrown. You're like, oh, that's not what I thought at all. What's going on? And, and actually it doesn't, you know, the, you don't need to know what year it is and that, that's not really what it's about. At the end well, of the day. what I'd love, and you have to play it, which would make me crazy uh, in the sense that you're hearing voices all the time. Yeah. So to have your full concentration here today is amazing. It's a miracle, right? Because I, yeah. usually you're, still hearing this them, is you I'm on this, them it's like, I'm hearing this and it's <laughs> like you see somebody over there and someone's talking to you over here. Yeah. And, and we had a lot of fun with that. You know, obviously in the show, what we hear that David is hearing is perhaps different to what I had imagined on the day. And so, and there were certain scenes where I would play the unreality of it, that David was convinced that what was going on was total fantasy when actually it was perhaps the real thing. And vice versa, you'd be in you know, very fantastical situations 
that you or I would go, oh, this is crazy, this is clearly crazy, this is not happening. And for David, it's very real, it's terrifyingly real, it's all, it's happening right there. And so, you know, being, being present for all of these eventualities was, was a great challenge. Did this make you switching gears? I don't know which came first, Beauty and the Beast or this. We shot Beauty and the Beast first. Um, oh, you did yeah, that first. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, that was a very physical role, very physical engagement on stilts in this muscle suit and learning to puppeteer a, a suit. You're on stilts? And, mm, ten inch oh. stilts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So women complain about wearing heels and nothing compared to what you And do. I can't hear them because I'm so high off the <laughs> ground. But yeah. Um, and Emma is, you know, she's small. Um, well, she's not that small, but she's shorter well, she, than me. Yes. She's, she's, a, yes. Yes. she's a petite mm-hmm. lady. And uh, that extra 10 inches just really accentuated the height. But what I meant to say was that, you know, the physical, the physicality of the beast and, and you know, the sort of the yoga and the dancing that I did to kind of get myself in, in shape for that. That's what you did? Oh, you had to dance because yeah, well, have, the beast yeah. dance. Look, the beast, he's doing the beast, something. She reminds him how beautiful it is to, to dance with somebody. She reminds him how to waltz. He used to love dancing, but since the claws and the paws, he's he's not. He hasn't. Claws and he, the paws. He hasn't been doing a lot of dancing. I don't know how different this is than what we saw in the animated movie or John Cocteau or anything in terms of the many Beauty and the Beasts that we've seen. Yeah. But what did this prince do that was so awful? that he got turned into the beast? Well, that's a big question. It I is mean, a big question. I mean, obviously, you know, in our, in our version, I guess we see one particular instance where he, you know, he turns the, the old beggar woman away, mm-hmm. offering him a rose, and this is a sort of very arrogant refusal of a rose. Mm-hmm. That's maybe one answer. So he's an arrogant He refused rat. a rose. Mm-hmm. But you kind of take that into a, a wider context, and this guy is, you know, he's a, a rich kid, son of a billionaire, living in a, you know, luxury tower, treating women as objects. And, uh, you know, he's not a very nice, nice man, really. Um, doesn't really understand love on the sort of elemental level. Thinks, it, you know, these sort of playthings can come and go and it'll all be fine. And he's very, he has a sense of entitlement, which is, I, I think, you know, and, and, and I think what the fairy tale seeks to teach us is that, that, that is, that's really odious, that attitude, you know, and needs to, be, needs to be changed. So when you began in this business of acting, mm. Did yes. you see yourself being in 10-inch stilts and uh, <laughs> basically being a paranoid schizophrenic who really isn't, but who's a mutant with the powers to move things around and destroy? Sounds like a were great these, drag Were these act. part of it, um, or were you doing Shakespeare? I, did, I started out doing Shakespeare, Shakespeare actually. That was, yeah. my, that was really my professional starting point, I suppose. Um, and I really, you know, the, the experience I got from, you know, that kind of classical grounding was incredible, but... To get to come to America and try out different genres, work in different different fields with different kinds of actors, I think you know it, it's only healthy for for a creative person to kind of take inspiration from from different kinds of performer, you know. And um, you know, there are certain schools that come out of England, and you know, theatrical tradition is obviously very strong there. Um, but to come over here and work with with people, you know, theatre and screen actors. Um, We've come from a different, I don't know how to describe it really, it's just a different, different training, different mentality, mm-hmm. uh, different styles, and um, you know, work with some incredible comedians over here as well, and, and you know, get my head around the you know, comedic side of things, um, which I hadn't done for, for a few years, and to kind of reconnect with the funny has been great, and there's a lot of, a lot of humor in, in Legion, I think there's, there's a oh, bit there's of humor a lot. in Beauty and the Beast as well, and, uh, and that's, been, that's been fun too. So we... We remember the last time you were here, you had just basically left Downton. 
a lot of people hated Quite possibly, you. Possibly, yeah. Oh, God, they just Probably. said, "Why yeah. would what, this jerk? He left this show yeah. that is like the most important thing in my life." Yeah. And now, are they have they eased up on you? Because it's not on anymore. It's not, is it? Uh, no. I'm sorry, I, people, if I'm telling you something. No, I mean, I, to an extent, they have. I mean, there, there are still people who who get upset. There are still people catching up. You know, there are still people who haven't seen it. You know, I didn't. It's, mm -hmm. it's possible. I, I um, don't believe you. But, but you know, there are people who. Just getting it. I know that Japan started airing it a couple of years after the rest of the world, and suddenly I got this wave of very uh, upset Japanese fans who, you know, got season three, you know, years after the event, and, and they just couldn't believe, you know, what was going on. And um, no, I'm so constantly. So it could be rehated in different countries at different times. It's great. Or isn't it? Yeah, yeah, hated all over the globe, <laughs> the but at different times. Um, yeah, and uh, no, I'm constantly apologizing to people, and uh, you know, there's a big difference. In England and America, the, the, the kind of apologies that people demand, people are very sort of diffident in the UK. My wife was very, she watched the show and she was very upset. And, you know, um, and it's all very sort of, you know, it was a terrible affair. And then you come to America and it's like, I want you to apologize to my wife. <laughs> it's very like direct yeah. and just like, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. What they're really trying to say is, you made me cry in front of my wife. I need you to say sorry. It's just terribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. very. Yeah. See, now is you're it? being two people, which brings me back to Legion all the time. <laughs> to, to, it's a two, but you don't seem to be afraid of the challenges that face no. you in this world. In Beauty and the Beast, you do a challenge that a lot of people are most afraid of. People that come on my show that I ask to sing at the end are often petrified. You weren't. I well, I'm. You weren't I'm petrified of singing on your show. No, I, you did it, so you can't say that can't. anymore. <laughs> but the fact is, when I you only had sing to, on stilts. Did you had to learn? Bring that's, in the still. That's my, that's my condition. <laughs> when you have to do that, dance and sing, yeah. stilts and the rest of it, is this terrifying? Your wife no, is a singer. She is a singer, and she, she actually, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't sung for a few years for, for whatever reason. I make it sound like a sort of tragic tale, but I just, for whatever reason, hadn't been called upon to sing, and I used to sing a lot. What about the shower, singing. the bath, or just oh, yeah, what but, everybody else but, does? Um, but not, you know up there on a, on a big screen. Oh, I and, love um, in Legion when Happy Jack is being played and the yeah, who is... Yeah, there's a strong like musical element to Legion. And major. There's, there's dancing. You should singing. be singing day and night, especially with like 2,000 personalities. I pretty much, pretty much am now. You know, yeah. I, I've been dancing in a lot, of, a lot of things recently and I think it's a great thing to do, even just with your co-stars, to go to a mm -hmm. dance lesson. It, it just throws everything... Out of the out of your usual kind of rehearsal read through you both kind of learned. period. Was Emma Watson like, able to dance when she came into this? She's show? a great dancer, she's but she was dancer. terrified of me, understandably, that I was going to break her toes in these sort of contraptions that I was walking around. I mean, fortunately, we learned the dance on the ground. Um, as I always say to my kids, you know, if you think you can fly, always test it taking off from the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, oh yeah, sort of, I would you know, try so that. We, we learned it on the ground. And then worked our way up to these to these stilts. And once you know, once we once we got the footwork down, actually the the dancing on the stilts it was su surprisingly easy. It, I thought it was going to be a, a lot more uh, tragic than it actually was. But once we once we broke through that sort of fear barrier, and that's the main thing. I think that's what you're talking about with these these challenges and stuff. The fear of singing in public, the fear of, of dancing in public on stilts, or, or doing a, a Bollywood number in the middle of a Legion scene or something. You know. <laughs> Um, I think once you break through that, it's it's fantastic, it's and you know you get the whole cast going or your your castmate, and there's something about you know the, the waltz that we had to learn, something about waltzing and the the way that dance is designed, what it's designed to make you feel, this whirling kind of yeah. ecstasy is fantastic.
even on stills. Did they write you a new song for this? They did. They did. Oh, what's it Alan called? Alan Menken. It's called Evermore. Evermore. And yeah, the the Beast didn't have a song in the in the animated film. No. Um, but in the stage show, he did. And just because of how we shaped the narrative for this one, it didn't. The the story that that Beast song was telling was slightly it just didn't fit. So they mm-hmm. so they wrote a new one, and it's fantastic. And you know, watching Alan Menken come out with with tunes. I mean, that guy literally breathes like Broadway hits. Like, he's like, what about this kind of tune? And he'd sing something and he'd be like, yeah, that sounds incredible. No, 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 I got a better idea. And he'll just, you know, he'll, and uh, yeah, watching him, you know, write and, and revise that song as we went along, you know, he came, came in one day, I've changed the chorus, it's better, you know, and, and just, and there's just a better, just a better and it was two notes. It was nothing, nothing huge, but just like, and, it was, and there it was. And he was like, oh, Wow. You well, know. see, I think that is the best way for you to take us out with just a little bit. I'm not that asking was it. for it. No, got. it wasn't. It has to be Da-da-da. a little tiny bit That's of it. you. That's not it. I, I think don't last time I was on, I sung you one note. No, you didn't. You actually one. sang, I think, four notes. And so you owe really? me six. You owe six me six. This time. It doesn't have to be evermore. It can be anything that's in your head. Well, I mean, what I, I guess what's in my head is the, you know, the, the opening number. There goes the baker with his tray, like always. There you go. That's going to be. Wow. That's like eight notes. It's kind of eight notes. You get that song, you get all of them. There's an incredible number of great, great songs in that show. And Tale as old as time. There you go. Song as old as rhyme, I think. Right? right? I should know that. So you do evermore, but you don't get to come back and sing any of Beauty and the Beast itself. There's something there. That's something the other, there, That's the yes. little, little duet kind of. Um, Give me Which one note lovely. from that to end it. She. There you go. Wow. Dan Stevens. Note by note. That is just Over like, the years, I you'll get a whole song it. out of It'll it. It'll be a whole thing, and it won't be the same song. And then it will be featured on Legion, because it's ideal. <laughs> it's going to feed back that in. That character would be doing. Right, just <laughs> Little one, notes one from note songs. other just, songs yeah. that became one song. That's what song. happens in my I've head. I've given you that idea, and I want to see that incorporated in season two. I like it. I'll talk to Noah. I love it. I love Great. It. Thank you. Dan. Thank you, Peter. Thank you.